Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello. Welcome to episode 25 of At His Feet. I am so excited to get to have another podcast today, to get to record today. You would not believe, maybe you would if you're um, around little kids, you would. You would believe it. You wouldn't believe, though, um, how hard it is sometimes to find somewhere quiet to record and to hide that you can't hear anything in. Today I am in my car. So if you hear a horn honking or an airplane overhead, I don't know. (laughs) It's I'm just in a hotel parking lot in my car. The hotel had nowhere for me to go. With a one-year-old and a four-year-old, there's no way that was happening in our hotel room. <laughs> but anyways, I just am excited to get on here today. The last couple of weeks have been a whirlwind. I want to talk today about our next name. And actually, first, I want to tell you, if I'm a little bit sporadic the next little bit, I've already told you, you know, I do I do have kids. And sometimes I'm killing myself to get an episode out, not to do the notes. I can, I can focus on typing notes when my kids are crazy. But the hard part is finding a moment to record sometimes. Sometimes our schedule is just jam-packed. And so uh, that's kind of where we've been. But also, when we're on the road, we set up like a little booth, you know, a little table. We sell my husband's CDs and one of his friend's CDs. Actually, um, the name of the other CD we we sell is by uh, Joe Zerpoli. I know it's a crazy last name, but it's Z-I-R-P-O-L-I. And it is one of my husband's closest friends, really awesome guy. He's an evangelist too, and he has a lot of music out. And so... Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you probably know who he is. But if you don't, go download his stuff. Go purchase his stuff on, you know, iTunes, whatever. Such great stuff. So we we sell his CDs on the road. We sell my husband's CDs. We sell... My bishop has a lot of books he's written. I think like five books, maybe more at this point. And so we sell those. But I have felt that, um, and my husband too, we've been like, you know, people really read books. They really purchase books. And it's not about the money part of it because you really don't make, make a lot. If you ever thought that you made a lot when you, uh, you know, write a book and and get them printed and sell it, you don't, right? You probably make your money back some, but the thing is this, is that there are some things that I've shared in this podcast, really just the whole the whole first series, and a few other stories, just living and and serving from that place of at the feet of Jesus, obviously not laying down on my face all day, but just serving from that place of humility and um, just doing my best just to love God and to be what He wants, but also to be an open ear that can listen That is my heart. That's been the heart behind the podcast. But there's a lot of people. I do have a lot that listen. I mean, for me, you know, I said if if anyone listens, I'll be excited. So I'm always excited when numbers go up and all that. But um, which speaking of, um, 
the podcast has hit 15,000 downloads. Woo woo! <laughs> so that's exciting. But I have felt that I really needed to write these things down. Not all the episodes, but the really the at his feet focus with a few more things added and um, that whole concept of of pride, right? That false pride, don't look at me kind of thing. And I felt that it's something that a lot of people need to hear and to receive. And I think a book is a, the best way to do it because the truth is everyone doesn't listen to podcasts, but a lot of people read. And so the next little bit will probably be mostly interviews. So I'm just warning you. Anyway, I have several interviews lined up and I will do those. There's a few more in the name series I want to do. Um, Father Abba, right? I have some really cool stuff that I have found as far as that name, that Abba name that we can cry out to. And then also um, Shepherd. I have one on Shepherd that I want to do. And also Husband, which comes up in the story of Hosea and Gomer. And all three of these, I think, are such a great depiction of God's love towards us. And so those will be coming, but also a bunch of interviews while I'm trying to organize my thoughts from this book. But let's go ahead and we will get started today. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. When you dig into that name, heals, or that part of the name, heals, that word, it's, it does say heal, but also make whole and restore. That's my favorite thing about this episode. I am a big believer in restoration. Honestly, I think there is nothing better than watching God restore someone. But I'll continue. I won't get lost on that. This name, Jehovah Rapha, encompasses not just physical healing, but making whole mind, body, and spirit. God's capabilities go far beyond healing from a sickness which is great and mighty, right? But we don't always find ourselves needing something in the physical. Jehovah Rapha, God reveals this name for the first time in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Before this encounter, Rapha, the word, by itself was mentioned, but not in conjunction with Jehovah as an actual name of God. In Exodus 15, though, it's the first time that God reveals healer as part of his identity. And aren't you thankful that that's part of just who he is. I am. I have needed healing time and time again, not only in my body, but definitely in my mind and in my spirit. I have more than once been broken or wounded, afflicted, and needed desperately God to reach down and touch me. So this name, it comes up the first time I said Exodus 15, but... I'm going to just give you some context. This is right after God had delivered the Hebrews from the hands of the Egyptians. Chapter 15 is full of people singing praises to God for all that he did. Setting his people free, parting the Red Sea, destroying the Egyptians, and on and on, and all the details in between. Miriam, Moses' sister, takes out a tambourine and leads the women in a dance 
to magnify our God. And she says this, sing ye to the Lord. And I'll say this Lord is in all caps. So it's Jehovah. For he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Immediately following this great victory, the people travel for three days into the wilderness of Shur. Little did they know that they would be dealing with uh, a lot longer with this wilderness than just these three days. But three days in, and they are complaining, and they are wondering what's going on. Three days in, and they find no water. I read that this three days, from the spot that they think these waters were at, what I'm about to talk about, um, that that was about 30 miles from the point where they reached the end of the Red Sea and came up, you know, out of the Red Sea. So 30 miles in three days, they're tired, but it's a lot of people. You have to think, to get that many people that far, I mean, they, they, they weren't just like taking the slowest pace, you know, because they had a lot of people by this point. Remember, the Hebrews were just growing and growing and growing regardless of what the Egyptians tried to do to them. They just flourished. So they reached this place and they name it Mara. The water there wasn't good to drink and it was bitter. Don't you think that the Hebrews and this water had something in common? This bitter water that they came to honestly was just a depiction of what was in their spirit, I believe. You know, God had delivered them, but we all know just because you've been delivered and just because you step out of something doesn't mean that past wounds and past hurt and bitterness can't still be there. So they reached this place, and I I read in a commentary on Logos.com that this place, Mara, is thought to be present-day Hawara. (laughs) Whatever that is. It's a present day place. And it says that this place still has undrinkable water as in ancient times. The commentary also noted that the people that pass through, even present day, won't even let their camels drink it. Like, this is some bad water. So, you know, sometimes we think of the Israelites sometimes being complainers. (laughs) But I share that to say that this time, they weren't being dramatic. Actually, all through their story, there are real issues. No water for three days. That's a big deal. Later on, they complain again. No food. That's a problem. All these are problems. But the problem with their story, and as we read it, sometimes we don't compute this, like I guess in our brains, we meaning me, because I just think of them as complainers, but that's not the truth. They really had problems. Their problem wasn't their issues. We all have issues, right? But the problem with them is the same problem that too many of us have today. The problem was their response. Verse 24 of chapter 15 says that the people murmured. This word means to grumble or to complain. So the people murmured, they complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? But you know what Moses does? He, he cries unto God. And of course, God answers. And already, God had a plan. Could it be that God was simply waiting for Moses to cry to him and ask for help? God knew the state of the waters. He knew they couldn't drink that. But he sat there waiting. If you are up against something, whether big 
or small. It matters not. Please know that it's very possible that God is just waiting for you to cry out to Him. So often we grumble and complain as the Israelites did here, but we don't go to the source for a solution. So often for me, if it's something small, I almost think, I don't want to bother God. For the Hebrews, no water for a few days was nothing compared to what God had just done in three days earlier at the Red Sea. But thankfully, Moses already had a habit of turning to God for every answer. Let this response be ours always. To go to God in prayer over every matter. If you've been listening to the podcast from the very beginning, you know this to be true. God truly desires relationship. Real, everyday relationship where we talk and He speaks back. After Moses' cry for help, God gives directions. It's actually quite simple. Moses was told to put a tree into the waters, then the waters were made sweet. Immediately following God's direction in verse 25 is this. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. A statute or ordinance, also called a decree. So God gives an order to prove his people. The same Hebrew word used in this story for prove is the same word that was used in our Abraham and Isaac story, Jehovah Jireh. Remember we talked about how God wanted to try Abraham to see where his heart was, to see where his loyalty was. We know that God's nature doesn't change, so this same proving happens to us today at times. Proving is where God tests you to see if he can trust you with more. So God's delivered the Hebrews. He's done mighty works for them. They have, without a doubt, seen his hand at work. And now he was to try them, to prove them, to see just the same as Abraham, to see where their heart was, to see where their loyalty lied. God had now brought the Israelites into circumstances which would put their faith and their obedience to the test. Verse 26, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So the Lord that healeth thee, that's where the words are actually Jehovah Rapha. God saying who he is. And that's very simply put. God tells them, if you were obedient, if you were faithful to me, you won't ever see me put upon you what I did to the Egyptians. There's a few other mentions of this Jehovah Rapha throughout the word. I'll share them with you just in case you want to look at these other instances to dig a little deeper. Jeremiah 30 and 17, Isaiah 30 and 26. Isaiah 61 and 1, and Psalm 103 and 3. Wherever you find yourself today, my hope is that 
Do you fully believe in God as your healer? If you have sickness in your body, He's fully capable to heal. Last week, we were able to be at our home church on Sunday night for a revival service uh, a couple weeks ago, whatever it was. Pastor Jordan was the visiting preacher, and he said something like this. A healing is when God restores what was already there. A miracle is when God does something new. And I know that's kind of a misquote. It's been too many days since he said it, but it was this concept. He knew what I had already been studying. Healing involves restoration, which brings me to this prayer that I have for you today. I I pray that if you're distant from God today, if your spirit is broken, if you find yourself in a place where what used to be seems so far out of reach, I pray that you believe in God as your personal healer today. One that is fully able to restore you mind and spirit. I pray that you would be able today to identify any ideologies that have distanced you from God and allow Him to be Jehovah Rapha to you, to heal and mend your spirit to restore what's been lost. Maybe you don't fit in that category. Maybe today you find yourself with a handful of broken relationships. God can heal relationships. Not just, it's not just, His healing, honestly, it has no end. It has no box that it fits in. Healing that God can do just extends as far as it's needed. I pray that you would allow God to step in as healer in those relationships. I can tell you from experience, He has done it more than once in my world. Relationships that I had wept over, thinking that they were completely hopeless. I will tell you that He heals in His timing, in His own perfect way. But I will also tell you that my life is not perfect. My family relationships are far from perfect, and I am still praying and believing for God to show up as Jehovah Rapha for me in one really important relationship. Even in my waiting, I know that He is able. He's more than capable. And so, I'm believing with you. I'm believing for you. You who have relationships that are seemingly broken beyond repair. Our God truly is a healer, and when He does it, He leaves no part out. Romans, I want to share this with you real quick. Romans 5, 3 through 5, this is the ESV. It says this, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. I add this to the relationship part of healing because I know that the suffering that broken relationship causes, it hurts. But here it says that we rejoice in our sufferings because suffering teaches us endurance. You know, endurance, the thing that can keep us going, keep us moving forward when nothing else does. And endurance grows our character. Endurance makes us better. And greater character produces hope. 
this word hope in the concordance has this definition to anticipate expectation or confidence faith hope so experience teaches us to hope to have confidence in faith because the longer we know our god the more confident we can be that he remains constant let your brokenness your suffering be a place that leads you to endurance and greater character and grows your faith I know God's a healer, but I pray you'll see him do the work. And while you wait, while you're still broken, let it be a growing process like Roman 5 talks about. If you're listening and you need a physical healing, I pray that you would truly believe today that God can and wants to heal you, to make you whole. Your belief, your faith can be the hinge that swings the door wide open for your healing. But if you don't have faith to believe it for yourself, I want to tell you, I believe enough for the both of us. Rest on my faith if you have to. But I believe that God will heal your body. Whatever the issue, God is able countless times through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the Gospels, the words were penned, Jesus' words, be made whole, or your faith has made you whole, and on and on. Jesus is still healing. He still makes people whole. The miracles of the Bible are still happening today, and it can happen for you. Whatever condition you find yourself in today, I just want to remind you one more time, and I hope that you don't forget it. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. But His way of healing is not our typical picture of healing, but the word Rapha means to make whole and restore. This name encompasses not just physical healing, but making whole. Mind, body, and spirit. Whatever your situation, whatever your ailment, whatever's been weighing on your mind, our Jesus is able. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.